What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Annalisa Keiki on the episode today. I'm so excited. She is coming all the way from the UK, and we have made this work with our time zone and all, so this is super special. I'm just going to throw it at you, Annalisa, and start wherever you'd like. Hi. Uh, Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, so I... um, I'm from the UK, um, currently living in a place called Bristol, uh, but I used to live in London. Um, I would say that probably my story is a little bit different. Um, well, certainly my segue into this story is going to be very different to um, a lot of people on this podcast because um, I'm not married um, and uh, I'm my relationship with my partner who I obviously do have a partner um has been actually quite quite um uh, interesting (laughs) so um our background is that we actually met uh, about in April 2017 um very randomly in London which is where I used to live um he doesn't live in London he actually lives um outside of London about three and a half hours away from London um but we met and we started doing like long distance and we did the long distance thing for about uh eight eight nine months and then due to various complications the distance uh his his uh professional situation he was in the process he just he'd just taken a he don't he he bought he bought a business about probably a year before that and he was in the middle of kind of the first three years of setting up your own business is very difficult. Um, so he just felt really pressured and uh, we actually broke up. Um, that was in December 2017. Um, despite having been broken up, we kind of decided to stay friends. We'd actually had a vacation booked for the both of us uh, after we broke up in January 2018, which we still went on um, as friends. So we kept in touch um, and basically uh, still used to see each other kind of so often if I was kind of in the area or I was doing something and then it so happened that in May, June 2018 I was offered a really great uh, job opportunity to move from London and so I decided that I was quite actually unhappy with my um, with my life in London it was a bit, was a bit um, hectic and I've been there long I've been there about 16 years at the time um uh i probably should say how old i am because i haven't said that oh god i should say that um (laughs) i'm 40 um (laughs) i turned 40 in um in june um but everybody says i don't look like i'm 40 um anyway so i basically took this job opportunity um and decided to leave london and move to bristol and uh, it was a really good opportunity but obviously that meant that the gap between myself and my ex-partner at the time was a lot smaller and actually he had lived in this in Bristol in the city and he was very um 
he was very helpful in helping find, find somewhere to live, kind of um, helping me move and doing lots of things. And the kind of result of that, I guess you can imagine what happens next. Um, we just start spending more time together. We go to concerts, we hang out, we go for dinner and uh, he comes to see me and I go to see him. And I guess that, that relationship, our romantic relationship kind of starts to, re-spark up again um although it did take a, a little time um it wasn't kind of automatic he was still having a lot of he was under a lot of extreme work pressure and he decided to take on um uh, a master's dissertation as well so we started kind of dating again if you like technically um in january 2019 so this year um and uh, had a friend who turned 40 last year and had said, oh, you know, I'm going to get my fertility tested and I'm going to see kind of, and she was single at the time. Well, she was, she just broken up with somebody, but was single at the time, was kind of worried about the future. And she's like, well, you know, it kind of got me thinking like, I'd never been pregnant before. I've never had any real long-term relationships. I never really thought about having children. Um, I've very much been very kind of, career focus and um in fact as my, as a, um, my profession is I'm, I'm, a, I'm a solicitor which is equivalent as, a, as an attorney uh, for those in the US um I work in commercial I specialize in commercial and intellectual property law um so I've kind of really you know spent all my time doing that so I never really thought about kind of the children or necessarily long-term things I thought I always had time this is the thing I thought I always had time and that it would come at some point um and actually it's interesting a lot of people in London um and a lot of people my peers and maybe one year two year younger are kind of a lot of in the same situations a lot of single women of my age there's a lot of um women that were kind of worried about their fertility and what to do and things like that so anyway my friend said well I went to this clinic, I just, you know, had them check my fertility and I decided I'm going to freeze my eggs, even though I'm like 40, I'm going to freeze some eggs just so if I want to have, you know, if I hope to meet somebody, then in the future I've got the option of using my own eggs. And I said, okay, that's interesting. So, but well, maybe, maybe I should go and get myself tested because I was 39, I was coming up to 40, but I was 39 at times, but well, I've never had any issues of that nature. So I might just, well, you know, go and, and get checked out um so in february this year 2019 um i didn't tell my partner that i was doing this because i thought it freaked him out especially because we only really started dating again in january um we so i went to um i booked in for an appointment to this do this clinic he did this like fertility test and did a kind of ultrasound of your um uterus and look at the ovaries and check your follicles and all that malarkey and anyway weirdly two days before this happened i had really really bad stomach pains like a period but on steroids and i never have ever suffered i've been really lucky my most of my life i've never really suffered a really bad period and i thought this is a bit weird so anyway it it did pass and then, um, anyway, by the time I got to the appointment on Monday, two days later, when she was, when the lady, the consultant, I guess the doctor was scanning my my uh, um, uterus and everything and having a look, 
they discovered um, quite a large ovarian cyst um, on my uh, right ovary. Yeah, right ovary, which is about, I think it's about five, it was about five by, it was like five, five centimeters by five centimeters. And actually what was interesting is um, they think that it probably happened two days before. So it was really, really, really recent. Um, and the probably that was what the pain came from. Um, so I was a bit, I had no idea what that meant because I've never had any investigations of this nature and was a bit scared and they were rushing me to basically go to my, um, see my doctor and get my doctor to like order further tests and have blood tests. And, um, uh, in, uh, in the UK, we have, have a, we have a national health service as well as like private, but obviously private, you, you have to pay for insurance. Um, because I, because through my job, I get private medical insurance. I, um, basically, but I still have to go to my, uh, to the public doctor to get a letter to, so I can then go and see privately. It's a bit of a silly system, but that's how it works. Um, so I basically did that so I could get seen very quickly by, because the, the consultant at the facility clinic scared the bejesus out of me about this ovarian and was worried about ovarian cancer and all these other things. I was just like, oh geez. Um, <laughs> luckily, I was. They could see me really quickly, so I went to. Um, so I got seen by the private uh, hospital, and they kind of looked and they said, yeah, that's there. And but he said, you know what? I said, don't worry about it. It's like I think it'll be fine. Um, it should, in theory, like go down on its own. But obviously, you have had blood tests for like obviously very cancer, so we'll have to wait for the results of that. Hopefully, it's fine. And um, basically, um, my um, um, my consultant said, and then he said, he said to me, he said, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do another checkup in a couple of months. But he said, have you thought about your like? Are you gonna have children? Like, what are you gonna do? And I was just like, oh well, really thought about it to be honest. Like, this is just a uh, happened to be. I'm gonna, you know, was kind of was going to see what the situation may or may not be. And he went, well, he said, well, if you want to, he said, he said, to be honest with you, I've been quite honest with you. He said, if you want to have children, I suggest you get on with it. And I was like, what? I was like, what? What do you mean? You have to get on with it? He so was like, well. Yeah, basically you're not getting you're not really getting any younger. So uh, and you know with this with this on the horizon, like I kind of you know if that's what you want, um, uh, then you kind of need to think about you know having that conversation with your partner and um, you know and you might have issues. We we don't know because your facility is not really tested. So I was like, oh okay. And he said, I suggest you go and get yourself an AMH test an anti-malignant hormone test and see what your egg reserve is like um etc etc so i was like oh okay it's all a bit scary yeah um, <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> a lot to take I in. Was like, and he said, even he even said to me said to me well he's like you know life is what happens when you he says he says life happens when you're busy making plans i'm like what <laughs> I like okay. Um, so off I went. I was like, okay, go back to. So I wait for my blood test results, and luckily they come back negative. It's all fine. So they just schedule follow up like 
in later this year and see we'll see in like three months time we'll see how the variance is doing and um then they then i went back to the fertility clinic and they basically said so then i scheduled in for an um an amh test because the national health our national health service will not they will not pay for you to do an amh test unless there is a very good reason for it because obviously it costs the national health service money and it's kind of outside of the parameters so i said fine so anyway i paid the money had the mhs anyway the results come back and it's it's quite low and they said well yeah it's really low um you don't really have much you know you don't really have you have quite a low you have very low egg reserves even to your age um i can't i can't remember what it was but it was it, it just really terrified me and they were like oh well you know we think that you should um basically yeah if you're going to freeze your eggs you need to like do it now and uh, that's what you should do and freeze your eggs and you know then you've got then you guarantee yourself a chance of like having your you know i've new own biological child and i was like mm, okay so said then well how much is that going to cost me oh well that's going to cost you uh, three cycles and it'd be this it'd be that and it's Maybe like twelve thousand. I think it's like twelve thousand. Maybe like twelve thousand pounds. I think it was, which I guess is about I don't know, fifteen thousand US. Maybe? Oh my goodness! Yeah. Ooh, so like three cycles of IVF, not knowing what exactly, and obviously no guarantees of what how many eggs you're gonna get at each, you know, retrieval, right? Um. <laughs> so I said, okay, well that's that's fine. Uh, I'm gonna think about it, but know and they sent me all the information so i thought okay well right so so I thought, okay so this is a big thing so then i told you know i talked to my partner about it and he was a bit like well you know it's a bit soon to be <clears throat> it's a bit soon to be uh talking about this very mind we only just kind of started seeing each other again like in a romantic sense and i was like no i understand i said but obviously obviously i just <clears throat> what you what's your opinion as to what you think we should do and bearing in mind the reason I said that is because he's actually um my partner is a is a qualified well, he's actually a dentist he's gone back to being a dentist now but he's actually dual qualified dentist and a doctor so um he's got all the medical background so I thought well if anybody's going to give me a bill to give me some idea of what's happening or what I should do then he's the best person but I think I may, maybe um it still might have been too much for the, too much for him because I think he's just generally a bit commitment phobe. Um, but that's another story. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, anyway, so I told him all of this, and he kind of like had his little freak out. So I was like, "Well, okay, fine. Well, you, you know, if you want to go and have go in your man cave for a bit and figure yourself stuff out, then that's fine." So off, off he went. Um, and we didn't break up. We just um, just kind of put the brakes on things a bit because I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next, and you know, I was seriously considering. You know, going through this procedure, um, but a friend of mine did it. Uh, did this had this procedure done last last um, so earlier this year, and just said, well, if make sure that you um, are not with, are not prepared, are basically not going to do it at a time when you're quite busy and you want to have social life because it knocked. She said it knocked me out for six. Like I couldn't. I was hormonal. I was you know um all over the place and I said well okay that's, that's a good point and I've got to figure out the money the finan financial side of it as well where I'm going to get the money from um and 
so, so I said, well, I'll just put it on hold for now and maybe I'll go and speak to maybe another fertility clinic, maybe get a second opinion. I kind of not, sh- I'm kind of worried that maybe these people are just trying to like sell me IVF or, or egg freezing just, for, you know, for the sake of it, um, just to make some money. Um, so I'm just going to go and maybe see if I can find somebody else who might be willing to talk to me. So um, I then contacted a clinic in um, in Wales, in, uh, Car- near Cardiff, um, and I went, they actually scheduled me uh, for a consultation. Um, they didn't actually charge me for the consultation. I have to say they were incredible because I went there with my results, my MH tests and obviously my, my scans from my from the first clinic and everything. And, and the doctor there who owned, actually owns the clinic with his wife uh, was very frank uh, with me and just said, look, you know, there may be some issues, maybe not issues. And actually he did another ultrasound as well just to see. And um, just, just, just have a look at the ovarian cyst again. And all this was done free of charge. And he just said, he said, look, he said, I, if I was you, he said, I hate to say this, but I would, you know, if you can and you've got the time, then why don't you just try and conceive naturally? Um, because, and at least do that for six months. Because at the moment, he said, your fertility is untested. Um, and whilst you, obviously the results are showing low egg reserves and the ovarian system and that, we just don't know because you've never been pregnant before. So I said, okay, well, that's interesting. I said, it's a bit difficult, but okay. And he said, well, he said, the other thing we can do is we could, we could order you to have an HSG test, uh, which is basically where they put dye through your uterus and your ovaries. Um, under an x-ray machine so then they can see if your tubes are blocked or see the health of, of everything so I said well he said at least he said then you'll know you know you'll have an idea of, of kind of what you're working with because at the moment we don't know what you're working with so it's kind of a bit difficult so and he said look he said at the end of the day and I guess the, the wake-up call for me was um your eggs are as old as you are um which I never really thought about um and going off and freezing 39 nearly 40 year old eggs uh, may not necessarily be the best thing to do because um you know uh, the quality of the egg may not be that great um so that happened and i was like okay so i ended up ended booking in the test and actually had a, had a friend over from the, from the states was visiting she came with me my partner didn't know anything about this i was going to get this, getting this hsd test done i'd kind of decided not to discuss anything further about my these issues with him at least for the time being until I'd figured out actually what I wanted to do because in the day as I felt it it was my money my decision you know we weren't um in a committed relation we weren't in a committed relation by that I mean we weren't engaged or or married so I kind of felt Mm -hmm. it was really my choice and my body at the end of the day it's what I want to do with it um and um so I had it done and actually the test came back it was was really good and there's no blockages and it was all healthy so I was like that's great perfect fantastic so I was like okay fine well then I'm thinking okay well I'm going to put um because I've got quite a few things going on and my 40th birthday is coming up and I don't you know bear in mind what my friend said about procedure like maybe I'll just hang on a second and figure out the money and just put this process on pause just for a couple of months because in the day if you know if I don't do it now, even if I do it now or do it in two months' time, the the age of the eggs is 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 relative is relative at that point. 
it doesn't really make any difference. Um, so I, I decided to put it on pause and um, come back to it. The, the plan was, was actually to come back to this in, in, in September. And um, anyway, then my partner kind of, um, we'd, like I said, we'd had some of these difficult conversations and he was like, oh, well, you know, um, uh, he was quite happy to kind of think about it. And I said, well, okay, we'll leave it with, I'm just going to leave that with you and, and have to think about if you want to be involved or not be involved because we we're thinking about whether he would want to be happy to be fertilizing those eggs at the same time. Um, so I kind of left that outside. Anyway, it was a real, so May comes around, and this is, this is the interesting bit. So May comes around, and um, it's a very difficult time for him. He's trying to run a business, he's moved house. He, which is a built again a, a fixer upper, so you can imagine. And then also he is in the middle of writing a thesis for his masters uh, at the same time. So like, there's so much going on in his life, and he's just really very really stressed out. He doesn't do well with stress. Uh, when he does, when he has stressful times, he pushes people away, which generally does. So anyway, I said, look, I'll tell you what. Uh, because I know you're really stressed out and I think you need a break and I think you just need a night in a nice hotel somewhere. Why don't we just go? Um, I'm going to, I'm, I was going to a spa with a friend uh, one weekend in the middle of May and I said, look, let's go to this B&B. Uh, it's, it's in the countryside. It'd be really nice. We'll hang out. You know, we'll drink wine. We'll have dinner. You'll chill out. You'll get away from like the, the day-to-day mess. Because um, he was camping in the fixer-upper. It wasn't, it's not, it wasn't particularly livable at the time. Um, so off we went. Um, anyway, we uh, things happened at the B and B, which I didn't expect. And again, you know, we didn't really hadn't talked about any sort of contraception. Hadn't really talked about. Um, I mean, I wasn't on any contraception because, frankly, I hadn't had. I hadn't. We hadn't. Um, uh, we hadn't. Um, we'd always used condoms really before, so. It'd never really been a thing, and I and I because I came off natural. Um, I came off um, birth control probably about two and a half years ago because it was um, it was just messing with my head, and I just mm-hmm. found it. I'd always found it a bit difficult, and I was going through a bit of a tough time. So it was kind of one of those things where I thought, well, why have I been why have I been putting all this this synthetic estrogen into my body for the last thirty odd for the last twenty odd years? I do not understand. So um, I probably was then thinking about the long-term effects of it because I've been reading some things around it and, and talking to people a bit more. Um, so anyway, we, we didn't really think about it, but, you know, and I wasn't tracking. I wasn't tracking my days. I wasn't tracking my periods. I wasn't doing of that because, you know, I was told, well, you haven't got much chance of getting pregnant, so why why would I think it would be a problem? Anyway, that's probably where I was wrong. Um, <laughs> because um, literally to probably when it was it was like two weeks later yeah so the end of the beginning of june so i've always had a really regular cycle my cycles 24 to 25 days um pretty much three to four days max and it's not particularly heavy and it's been really easy and i count myself when there's lots of people um and when it didn't show up on the day it was supposed to show up i was like hmm, that's a bit weird but okay we'll wait another day um 
I went off to London on a trip to see a theatre show. My friend was taking me out for a 40th birthday treat. Um, I drank a lot that day, um, thinking, oh, my period's going to come anytime now. It's going to come, it's going to come. And then the next day, still didn't come. And I was like, oh, crap. Um, so, yeah, so I went to the supermarket and I bought a test. And I came home and I took it and it was positive. I was like, oh, dear. So, um, apparently it's not that difficult for me to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> As I now found out. Um, yeah. So You showed them. It, you showed them yeah, doctors, right? I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And you know what? I think I have to say, and I think it's because I've I, I mean, listened to a lot of people's stories and struggles with fertility. I think they, a lot of people say that when, when you kind of let it go a little bit and you relax and you don't think about it as much, it generally tends to happen yeah yeah and it was interesting because actually in a way that's kind of the point that me and him were at that that moment in time when it did happen mm-hmm. it was kind of that it was the the day and then evening we spent together the weekend we spent together was very much a very chilled out very relaxed like evening and then I'd gone to, I'd gone to the spa the next day and like had a massage and a facial and I was really <laughs> chilled out so I think there's something to be said for that actually um yeah <laughs> so um, everyone listening go to the spa <laughs> yeah exactly exactly make sure afterwards they have to go to the spa <laughs> that's what you gotta tell your that's what you gotta tell your partner i gotta go exactly. to the spa now <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 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 because eventually obviously I'd, I'd i'd then gone back and like it took me a while to to dig out my you know I, I basically had to try and figure out and like count back when I had my last period and try and figure out actually what the ovulation you know ovulation date was and what the point of conception was which is which is one of the reasons why I knew that it was that it could only be that time even though we you know we um we had we had um slept together a couple of times since that point but mm-hmm. um yeah so but the problem was um a I was uh, two weeks before my 40th birthday party um which I'd organized uh, uh, to host everybody at my house um so that was interesting trying to figure out how the hell I was going to hide the fact that I wasn't going to be drinking <laughs> to a whole bunch of people um then obviously how I was going to tell him um because in also in that time he was two weeks out of having to hand in this dissertation for his master to get his master's degree um it was not something that I could have actually landed on his plate at that moment in time. So I, unfortunately, I didn't tell him straight away. Um, I actually had to keep it secret because um, we don't live together. So I was able to kind of, you know, I didn't really, I had a bit of nausea and sickness, but I didn't really, I wasn't throwing up or anything like that. So um, in terms of symptoms, it was fine. And, and I, when I did see him, I did see him during those two weeks briefly because he was really busy trying to finish his dissertation um I was driving so I wasn't actually drinking so we, we just got up for dinner and I just would be like oh I'm just gonna have a you know non-alcoholic drink because uh, I'm driving so um so I had this secret uh, but it was stressing me out and I have to say those two weeks were probably the hardest two weeks of my life because I was literally freaking out going what's he gonna do he's gonna be okay with this like this is really not in the plan and he's a planner and he doesn't like these things and you know this is obviously like way ahead of schedule we've only been back together since January and all this stuff so it was really difficult um and 
I was very anxious the whole time. And um, anyway, then uh, I had to tell a couple of people to have some allies at my party, and they went through the party and, and kind of, you know, um, um, they kind of made sure that I didn't end up drinking anything that was alcoholic, and they basically like put a little mark on my cup so nobody could use my cup and all this sort of stuff like that. So, and it was fine, and managed to get away with it. And we then I was going on holiday the next the, the next day with with my partner. So we went on holiday and basically uh, once the dissertation was handed in, I told him and uh, he was, let's say, a bit shocked, um, uh, to say the least, I would say. Uh, like I said, he's a bit of a planner, so this was a bit of a mind-blown situation for him. Um, I think he was happy, but it was happy, happy, happy but um, just because of the circumstances in that, you know, his business is still some issues there. He doesn't really have a livable house at the moment. So there's all these things going on. So anyway, I was fine. And I said, look, I said, well, we'll figure it out. Obviously, you know, if you don't want to do this, I said to him from the outset, I said, look, if you don't want to do this, it's fine. I'm not saying you can't be involved, but if you don't feel like you want to do this or you want to do this with me, then that's fine because you know what I kind of feel like they told me I couldn't get pregnant or it'd be very low chances of me getting pregnant I did get pregnant I kind of feel like I owe it to myself to go through with this and if I had mm-hmm. to do it on my own I would do it on my own because that's the kind of person I am I've always been a very strong independent person um I'm financially solvent independent so it wouldn't have been a problem from that point of view and that's fine so he was like, well, you know, I'm not sure. I need to think about it. But, you know, he's like, I don't really, it's not really what, it's not really what I had in mind in terms of timing. But, you know, I don't, you know, I do not, I don't not want to be involved because at the end of the day, you know, these are my, you know, this is, um, you know, I, this is me too. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. fine. So we did go, uh, we did go a bit through an emotional roller coaster though still for a couple more weeks after that. Um, but eventually he came around to the idea when he was accepting of it and he was just trying to figure out actually logistically how we're going to make it work because um, he needs to get his house fixed up effectively uh, livable um, so obviously for us to move in together and then obviously have the baby there and um, and then um, we I had so the weird thing is, again, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but in the UK, when you're pregnant, you basically ring a number and they basically get your details and they call you back in a few days and they make an appointment for you. And that's basically your first antenatal appointment. But it doesn't actually happen, believe it or not, till about week like eight or nine of your pregnancy. Yeah, so, typically that's how it is here too. Okay, fine. Yeah, so it's the same. So basically, so I had that. But then the ultrasound, the, the scan itself, uh, that's not till like 12 weeks. Um, okay. Obviously, you can go private and have mm-hmm. scans privately. But actually, that first appointment, it isn't a scan. It's just a, you're pregnant. These are things you're not supposed to do. I'm going to take some blood. I'm going to take some urine. Here's all the info. Read up in this, this, that, and the other. And they ask you all your medical history and this, that, and the other, and blah, blah. So... I'd gone to that appointment, everything's fine, you know, I had the, all the usual pregnancy symptoms, I had headaches, I was tired, I, my, boobs, my boobs were sore or itchy, um, I'd 
um, a little bit of nausea, not much, um, and uh, but generally felt you know okay-ish, uh, like different but okay-ish. So I was like, fine. So this seems fine. I'd done no spotting, no nothing. Everything was cool. So um, get to the so the midwife the midwife appointment that was fine. It was all seemed to be fine, and they didn't really say anything other than you know come back in. I was deemed as high risk um, because I was over forty. It was my first pregnancy, and uh, also the way they calculate they they look at your body mass index. Um, and my body mass index was thirty one, um, which sounds a lot. Uh, well, it is a lot if you look at the figure. But unfortunately, what body mass index? So I'm five foot. So I'm five foot three, and weigh about seventy. Around, I've always weighed around seventy kilos. That's because I would do weightlifting <laughs> and straight, a lot of strength training. So I'm all like a little. I'm a little ball. I'm a little bundle of muscle, basically. <laughs> I weigh more than the normal. So unfortunately, body mass index calculations don't really um, mm-hmm. take that into consideration. The midwife's like, well, you know, you're high risk, so it means you'll be followed by a consultant um, ob- obstetrician, and they'll they'll be in touch with you for an appointment. It's fine, okay. So then the and then the hospital will let you know when your 12 week scan's coming, and they said, fine, that's all good. So we I get the letter for the 12 week scan, which was on the 31st of July, um, the last yeah, so uh, 31st of July, but we had to move the date slightly because. Um, uh, we had to anticipate it a couple of days because basically my partner is obviously a dentist, so he uh, is not able to. Um, he doesn't obviously necessarily have the day off, so if he has to have a day off, he has to move patients around, obviously because that's what you do when you've got a dentist. Um, but uh, so he he had some time booked off already that week, so we just we just basically managed to move the scan for a couple of days earlier, so he could come with me, and just so happened that weekend that. Basically, I went to we went on a bit of road trip uh, to meet his parents, so we could tell his parents what had happened. Um, I mean, my 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 mother already knew. Um, my mother lives abroad, so I couldn't tell her the phone. But um, my parents already knew, um, but his didn't know. Um, his parents didn't really know anything about me at all. Like, period. Um, just because he's very closed, he keeps his. He keeps his private things quite private, and even from his from his mum and dad. Um, anyway, we went there. We told them they're really happy. Um, the scans on the Monday. This is impending. You know, this is happening. And I, the day before the scan, I felt a bit off. Uh, by mean off, I felt I felt a little bit less pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. um, I had had a little bit of. Um, brown spotting I didn't I couldn't even call it spotting it was a bit of like stuff so anyway here we go like everybody else does onto google like what does this mean what does this mean da, 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 da. um could, could, all I could find was well yeah prob- probably it's probably normal because you know it might be just like some old blood um it'll be fine um you know everybody's tell everybody's telling me it'll be fine my mother's telling me it's fine. My friend, my best friend's actually also pregnant. She was telling me it was fine. My partner's telling me it was fine. Everybody's telling me it was fine. But it was just this niggling doubt in my mind. And I had the worst night's sleep in a very long time that night. And I had a four hour, we had a four and a half hour drive back 
to Bristol to where the scan was and we get there and like I was still you know like free I was freaking out because I had a feeling something was, was not right and um we get there and it's a waiting room full of pregnant women and whatnot and my partner's going no I'll be fine don't worry about it it'll be fine it's fine everything's fine okay fine so I'm trying to like relax and we get into the room and um yeah the the lie down of the thing and the and there's a there's a screen so they have a screen on the wall in front of you so you can see it at the same time and obviously they've got their ultrasound machine which is like next to you and she started to examine me and like put the the thing on my stomach and she stopped very quickly literally she she'd done it for like two seconds and she stopped and she turned around and she went to the wall and she switched off the screen that I could see and I was like there's something wrong because why do you not want me to see that screen and I started to kind of get a bit like mm, a bit weird so anyway she's like scanning she's pressing the thing across my stomach and she just says looks at me tilts her head in this very kind of you know and just says I'm really 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 sorry but um there's no heartbeat and um we can see the that uh, didn't make it past, uh, they said it didn't, looked like it didn't develop past around eight and a half weeks um, from the, the size of the fetal call. And I was like, oh, and that was it. Like my entire world just, it was like it imploded in that moment. Um, I, I just, couldn't believe this was happening like I couldn't I couldn't because obviously I felt there was a like there was a potential that something might be wrong but I guess you know until somebody actually tells you that there's something wrong you kind of go mm, maybe it won't be wrong you know maybe maybe mm -hmm. there isn't anything wrong um and it was devastating I think that was it, this has been possibly and I've gone through some really tough things in my life um various reasons and I think it's possibly been one of the hardest things that's ever happened to me actually um because I think I realized that I didn't realize how much I wanted to be pregnant until I was pregnant mm -hmm. because it was never it hadn't really been in the plan until well, not necessarily even been the plan it's not been in the plan and so much later in life actually it's weird I'd actually been terrified in the past I've been terrified of getting pregnant because it, I equated being pregnant to being fat um and I've always had some serious I've always had some some body image issues um so kind of I always had a very difficult kind of relationship with that um so my partner's trying to console me i'm like inconsolable i cannot stop crying um they give us a moment and they're trying to figure out i guess what can happen next and they're trying to get me into the early pregnancy unit um to 
figure out what the options are because obviously it's clearly it's a, it's a mis, uh, miscarriage because apart from the brown the brown stuff there was no other kind of you know symptom um that anything was wrong really a, apart from maybe a, a slight dip in in symptoms um but only the day before um they couldn't get as they couldn't get an appointment for me to be seen that day because it was quite late in the afternoon and um I had it booked in then for two days later. So I went in uh, two days later to the early printing unit and they basically talked me through my options. And, you know, I, uh, you know, passing naturally, medical management or surgical management. And to be honest, it just the whole thought of doing that was kind of terrifying. Um, and I actually thought, well, I kind of want this to be over and done with. I kind of feel... I felt like just weird in that I'd been effectively carrying around these, you know, I'd been carrying them around inside of me for like three and a half weeks mm-hmm. without knowing that they were already gone, you know? And I couldn't really get my head around that. So I kind of, in a way, I just kind of wanted it to be over as soon as possible. Um because I thought, well, if I could get it over as soon as possible, then it helped me move on. So I get, um, so they scheduled me in for um, a D&E because, in any event, they said even if I'd had the med, even I decided to do it naturally, other than do it naturally, if I decided to do like I take the pills, they were going to have, they were going to admit me into hospital anyway, um, because of the because of how far along it was and it was a twin pregnancy, they wanted to keep an eye on me because of blood loss etc so I said well okay um so I ended up getting scheduled but I said look I, I think I, I think I want to do a D&E um I don't know why they don't do the D&C here but here they don't do a D&E um so they scheduled me for D&E uh, which is the following Monday so that was it was Monday 29th of July and the D&E was scheduled for the Monday the 5th of August so it's only been five weeks it's, it's really recent um and so I went in for the DNA. Um, my partner was there. He was great and wonderful. Um, the procedure went textbook procedure, like perfect, all no problems. They got all the tissue. They checked it, ultrasound. Um, however, I'm not sure actually how much they actually did manage to to, to remove um, because unfortunately, two days before that, on the Saturday. I started to miscarry naturally. Oh my god! Um, and I think you've been through this as well. Um, I, I don't think I've ever felt pain like like that in my entire life. Um, it was the most excruciating pain I've had ever. Um, and it just started to it just all started to come all at once. Um, I was crying, I was vomiting, I was in the bathroom, I was I was with my partner at the time, I was at his house, luckily, but I didn't think he would know what to do. I didn't know what to do with myself. Like it was it was awful. It was awful. Um and it's it ironic in a way that I didn't want to go through this naturally and then I kinda did, really. Um and I think that's when I actually passed both both the I think that's potentially when I passed um, 
both of them that weekend actually two days before so actually the, then the, the DNA procedure was probably just getting everything else that I hadn't passed by that point um but they wouldn't tell me they didn't the follow-up has been pretty dire so they didn't tell me anything and they didn't um they didn't say oh well you know this is uh we, we retrieved this or we got this or they, they I have to say the aftercare has been pretty poor um mm-hmm. from their side from the hospital but it but it's national health so so you know it's not private so I, I you know there's part of me that's just like well I can't really expect anything more um I think the difficulty is now so they signed me off work for two weeks um I tried to go back two weeks ago um a lot of people in my office knew that I was pregnant because I'd started you know I'd kind of got to the point where it was nearly okay to tell people and I just need there was people that that had to you know need there was people that needed to know that they obviously were closest to me because I needed time off for appointments and things um so I had that and and they've been very supportive but I went back for one day and by the evening I was an absolute mess um I couldn't stop crying um I was just bereft and so I thought, well, okay. And my partner was like, well, you know, I think you need to come back here, stay with, you know, I think you need to stay with me. I think you need to be here with me, um, you know, because that's where I'd been before that, um, from after the hospital. Um, I said, well, I said, look, I need to go back to the doctor. The doctor then signed me off again for two more weeks, um, which actually ends today. Um, it so happened that my um, my parents were coming from Italy, which my parents live. Um, well, my my mother and my stepfather were coming from Italy for a visit this weekend. They've uh, just left today, actually. Um, and unfortunately, even with them over this weekend, I've been very much up and down. I can't seem to. In any other situation in my life, I've been able to push past the grief and this like pain and I've really you know I've yeah I've I've had post-traumatic stress disorder because I was attacked quite a few years ago and I've been through therapy for that and I got through that and this is just really not me for six um Mm -hmm. I got really bad anxiety about going back to work um I just can't not be I'm surprised I'm not crying right now but I think to be honest I cried so much this morning last night that I think I haven't got any tears left at the moment. Um, <laughs> That's definitely the um, case. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> you feel like you've got nothing left. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I actually went back to funny. So I actually go back. I went back to the doctor this morning. And um, they actually prescribed me um, on them. They put me on some medication, just like um, an anti-anxiety and depression medication um mm-hmm. because I've tried everything so far I've literally like I've got counseling sessions I mean counseling is I'm starting that tomorrow um you know I've been on all the forums I've done the support groups I've listened to the podcast I've tried to keep act you know I've been active I went running started running again I've done I've meditated I've done literally every single thing you could possibly think of to try and make myself better um and I don't know it's because I just 
want it I'm accelerating it because I just want it to be I want to stop feeling the pain so much um I don't know I just I've been giving myself a hard time for not recovering as quickly as I have done in the past from difficult and and difficult circumstances and and, and difficult situations mm. um and now I, I don't know you know I wish I, there was a what's next uh to tell you right now but there isn't because I it just happens yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's because I'm trying to get back to some sense of normality and a lot of people around me think me going back to work is important just be, to try and get some sense of routine back and I do want to um the and you'll get there have, yeah you'll get there. and I think the yeah. doctors decided that I think I need to go back on what we call a phase return so it's like um a slowly slowly Low. so it might be yeah. like going back like part-time for, for a few days and just kind of building back up to kind of you know the hours and stuff because obviously you know I'm a lawyer so I've got a stressful job and mm-hmm. you know being an emotionally vulnerable position is, is is not it's not great when you're going through you know it's not great if you're under pressure or you're you know going through the motions and it's not like you can go around with a sign on your head going by the way I've had a miscarriage yeah you know yeah I mean I kind of wish I could really yeah I know then you know then people would understand but you know I think the difficult I think I think men I think oh god I'd say like my my partner I think he's done his best um in what he's been able to do but even then I just had to get away from him I was quite glad in the sense like my parents were coming on Friday and I was able to like get away from my partner last Thursday and just come back to my own place just because mm-hmm. he's he's out of ideas to try and fix me you mm-hmm. know and he's probably he grieving so differently than you which is hard oh god he hasn't I don't think he really has or yeah exactly is. Work, <laughs> which is just time, painful so. in itself <laughs> yeah you know and he's saying to me and and you know and I think it's as he put a lot of I think when these things happen, it brings a lot of issues to the surface. And I think it Mm -hmm. brings a lot of like what happens in the future. And I've tried to push some of these conversations with him already. And unfortunately at a very emotional, vulnerable point last week, um, probably because I've been trying to process this. And I guess part of my processing is like, well, okay, I've been through all of this. I kind of, obviously realize that this is something what I do want um how do I how do I get there you know how do Mm -hmm. I get there how what steps do I need to take to get there um because you know and is is he going to be willing to come and do this again with me and that's the bit that we're not uh, we're not sure of right now because you know he he processes things a lot slower than than I do um and I think my hormones and clearly some sort of chemical imbalance that I've had I think potentially some it's weird I think sometimes miscarriage can bring in up can also bring um can give you a form of depression because of the the hormones and um Mm -hmm. a bit like postpartum really because you know you have kind of lost a but something you know all the hormones that were kind of pulled together in your body and they kind of made you pregnant then 
kind of unsurprising really can have for some people can have that kind of reaction um i think it's 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 certainly one of those things where i just don't really know i wish i knew kind of a how i could be happy smiling to him and everybody else at the moment um but i find that very difficult um and yeah as i said to the doctor this morning i said i just want to way through this what is the way through this like how do i push through this because i've just never been at a point in my life where i felt like so incapable of pulling myself out of this i think part of it's because of the, the, the ptsd that i had before i when i was attacked years ago i was able to like i just i went on autopilot and the next day i was back i was back doing exactly what i did and i didn't really let it affect me and i just carried on being strong and independent and you know i'm a survivor and i'm just going to get through this but yeah, i think this in this situation it hasn't really happened that way and i don't know whether because part of the therapy with the ptsd it changed me because it made me more um willing to understand my own feelings and mm-hmm. able to um let myself grieve and feel um which i didn't let myself do before really i think that's yeah. part of the issue yeah um so it's yeah so it's there's so much just yeah it, i know it, oh it it's I never, yeah, I never thought I would feel this way after this. Um, and like I said, it, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate way because my best friend is pregnant and she's about 20, 26, 27 Constant weeks, reminder, yeah. So, and she's, you know, I've had to tell her, like, she's trying to give, she's been wanting to give me space, but she also wants to, like, comfort me and I just said to look I said and I I managed to speak to her for the first time like end of last week I'm on the phone for like two hours and I said look I said you know I would see you if I could think that I would be okay seeing you I'm just not sure I am ready for that just yet because Mm -hmm. it would just be very hard for me because you know we were gonna I was gonna be effectively three months behind her I was due um on the 12th of well 14th between the 12th and 14th of February obviously we didn't really do the dating scan because it it was too late by that point but that was kind of when when the twins were due um and I think the fact it was twins just really I don't know it kind of really it upset me more than if it was just one and I know that sounds daft but it kind of friend of mine I'm doing this so much later in life than than I'd ever thought I'd ever do it um it kind of felt like, well, if I had twins, then, you know, that was it. It was kind of family complete, you know. It wasn't, um, and then they're gone. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, I just don't know where, I don't know what's going to happen from here. And I just. It's going to take time. To, yeah. yeah. And you're helping so many people right now by sharing this. And I think, yeah. and I hope that that will be a huge part of your healing process. Yeah. Um, just helping people through your journey yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, if you can take one good thing, that's the way I always think about it. If there's one good thing, it's the fact that you're 
you're able to help a lot of people with this. And girl, like I am going to keep you updated on like the downloads that your episode has so that you personally see how many people you're helping. And I hope you receive messages by many of the listeners as well. If you had, if you had a piece of advice, considering this is so fresh and so new, um, for anybody out there in a similar spot, what would it be? Oh, um, yeah, I think try not to isolate yourself and, Mm -hmm. you know, I know it's, you feel awkward reaching out for help or people to talk to, um, but you should never feel that way because whilst it might be difficult because maybe your friends and family might not have been through what you've just been through. They still love you and want to help. And if you sit in silence and don't reach out, then they can't really do anything. And I think we've just got to be a bit willing to let ourselves be helped and, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think as far as the, the, as far as dealing with our partners is concerned, I think, Sometimes you just got to tell them, like, I need a hug right now. That you just need to tell them what to do because they can't. They 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 don't know. They (laughs) cannot read our minds, and they cannot relate the physical loss that you've just gone through. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you know. And if you are not in a, you know, if you are in a similar situation to me where you're not in a committed relationship, that doesn't mean it's the end of your relationship. It just the parameters may be a little bit different because maybe you don't live in the same place and it might be a bit complicated, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you can't still grieve together and go through it together because there are ways of of getting through it as well. Yeah. Um, If you have a place for the listeners to reach out, where would that be? Instagram? Um, Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is, you know, you've, you've got my handle. It's at Lily. Anna SW at the end. Perfect. Um, and I'll, they're I'll more link than that. welcome to, yeah, yeah. Okay. More than welcome to, to chat to anybody who, you know, wants to download, has any questions. Um, yeah. Share anything. I'm more than happy. Anytime. Awesome. It's a part of the healing process, everyone. So definitely reach out. It's so amazing to talk to other women who get it and who have been through it. So I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story, especially with it being so fresh and so new. I'm super proud of you and thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.